<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. It's no secret that I love the bachelor and bachelorette and the whole franchise and friends with some of them it, it that makes it extra weird when you just get that icky feeling that the show is just not aligning with your values anymore or maybe it didn't to begin with and you just hold so much hope for this change and why isn't it coming Today is going to be a really interesting conversation because I have on two of the six of Roses for Everybody, this movement that has started to sort of push for more inclusivity. We've seen this happen before where other sort of movements have happened, and we've seen success in that to a degree reflected in the show. Can we do it again? Should we be doing it again? How can we make change even amongst each other? with our friends, as witnesses, as watchers of the show? And how can we become a more inclusive audience while watching a show that maybe makes us feel a little ick sometimes? So let's get into it. I'm not going to spoil too much. I'm very, very excited to welcome on our guest today. Please enjoy today's episode. All right. This is a very timely episode. I feel Monday morning spicy already. I have so many thoughts and feelings. I am so excited to welcome the two people behind Roses for Everybody, Jenny and Epiphany. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Thank you for having us. All right. So let's first off, obviously, Roses is so associated with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And anybody who, I've been a fan of the show since the beginning. I've loved the show. And it's, I don't know, like it's so problematic and so entertaining and it's all the things combined. I've gotten to meet a lot of the people from the show and there's just been this nagging issue with it all along. And and I've always felt it. It's always been there. But in the last few years, obviously it's become so much more of a conversation on how it is so cookie cutter. It is so singular to a mold. I've had friends who applied on the show and I even watched a TikTok of a girl who went through the audition process and was basically eliminated from it once they asked her body size and her to turn around on camera. And these are people who are 
still within the very straight size range. So we have like the small, the smaller end of the issue and then the big, big, big tree of what is going on. And a lot of us who are like, how do we fix this? And what is there to do? And you two have done something that in over 20 years of this industry has never really been done in this way. So tell me about Roses for Everybody, why you chose to do it, and how it's been going in terms of continuing these conversations. Yeah. So I think, firstly, we are two of six. So there is oh, six of you. Oh, Oh my goodness. Yes. You guys do that well. We can't take full credit at all for this. So we started with our fearless leader, Jenna Vesper of Date Card Pod, who sent out a call to action asking fat fans if they were interested in, in joining a campaign around The Bachelor. And with that, we gathered, I think, in March and we rallied, had lots of discussions and uh, came up with this campaign with uh, all of the things and all of our goals and all of our demands for the franchise. And I was really inspired to join the campaign, just seeing the impact that the Bachelor Diversity campaign made back in 2020. They were able to successfully push ABC to casting their first Black Bachelor. And it's insane that we had to wait this long for that to happen. And that was something that hit really home for me in particular, because I started watching the show because of Rachel Lindsay being the first Black Bachelorette, which really just shows the importance of representation in all different forms. I wasn't checking for The Bachelor because I was like, they're not checking for me. They don't care about my community. So why should I tune into a show where I don't see anybody that looks like me? But uh, having someone that was in my community on the show, I was like, I have to support her. I have to come out. I need to make sure that people know uh, that that we finally have a Black lead. So seeing everything that happened with the Bachelor Diversity campaign, I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Like no one's really talking about this at all. And Mm -hmm. it's something that really needs to be highlighted. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also felt like we had Matt as that Bachelor. And I was like so excited for that. It was honestly very, like after Rachel Lindsay, it kind of felt like things kind of died down a little bit. When Matt came on as The Bachelor, it was really exciting. And then the conversation came up and why I feel like it's timely is, you know, everyone was excited, like who was going to be named the new Bachelor. And Mm. I was on Twitter that night right before the announcement and people were debating who they thought it was. And I saw somebody comment, well, they've already done a Black Bachelor. And I thought, what? Like, imagine we said that for every single time a white guy was cast. Like, we've already done white. Like, we can check that box, move on. Like, They've done one race different. One. Like this is, and so there's there's that whole big thing. Bachelor diversity campaign was really uh, obviously timely in terms of everything that was being discussed in race. And now what you all have done is really bring to the forefront, okay, but also more than that. Let's push for more. Let's, I saw you talking about background checks on past racism, which is also integrated into body diversity in a big way too, right? There's a lot that keeps coming up and it's really hard. My mom used to say this thing to me that you can't, if you want to see change, you can't leave something and and expect it to change. And I think that's something that people have called me out for over the years. Like, how do you still watch the show? And I just, I don't, Yeah, it's hard because I love it. And at the same time, I'm like, I just know it can be so much better. And I would love to have these conversations. I'm so glad you are. You also have been well-received by the industry itself, by people who have been in it. Can you talk to me a little bit about some people who have really joined that are from Bachelor Nation who are really like, yeah, we were on the show and like, we agree with you. I I listened to even a little tidbit of your 
your call with Pilot Pete. And I was, I mean, anybody who watched this season was like, (laughs) oh my God, Peter, we can't with you anymore. And then I listened to that one little, uh, I listened to the episode that he was on and it really brought me back to like, oh my gosh, like these are true humans with true emotions. And even somebody that is straight size, but maybe isn't quote unquote perfectly in the mold is struggling so much to show up because they have been pressurized to be so perfect or ripped and all of this stuff. So tell me a little bit about being received into Bachelor Nation. Yeah, you know, we initially got some really good engagement from Katie Thurston, from Ivan Hall, Blake, Blake Thors, excuse me, Blake uh, Horseman. Hi, yeah, Blake yeah. Horseman. Thank you. <laughs> and even what Ethan else? from the most recent yes. season too. Ethan oh, nice. King from the most recent season, the only person from the recent season, and an Asian man, someone we were pushing hard promoting for Bachelor. And so it was, it was really awesome to see this initial push. Over the next couple of weeks, it was a bit harder to engage people, but luckily, Pilot Pete wanted us on our podcast. We talked to Dustin. We had some really good conversations with them and they highlighted a lot of things. The one thing that I was, you know, this last week and they announced mm-hmm. a new Bachelor and I think what's hard is everyone, obviously, I'm I'm happy for Zach in a way. I'm not happy for Zach in the same way because I think it also brings forward, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, he is somebody who went through like a weight loss journey and now he's going to find love. So now it's coupled with, And that was like his sad story. Like, oh, I used to be fat. Oh my God, what a horrible journey you've been on. Not to like, I've been that person. I've gone through like the weight loss thing and I've presented my before photo. Like, can you believe this is who I was? But the reality is he wouldn't have been the bachelor before. He's the bachelor now because of his like weight loss story and, you know, all the insecurities that he's overcome. Talk to me a little bit about the stats around any sort of body diversity from the show. I know you shared a slide once about it. Do you know what those numbers and metrics are? Just for people listening who are like, I think it's pretty equal and even. Uh, yeah, just no, to kind of, so what is the reality? Yeah, so there's been 20 years, 45 seasons within the franchise, over 1,100 contestants, and only two people have identified as plus size. And they went home night one yeah. with less than a minute of screen time. And, you know, they self-identified as plus size, but we're doubtful they were in plus size clothing and are on the small side of yeah. large bodies. So it's essentially a zero representation on the show. So it's, you know, it's a discriminatory casting practice at this mm-hmm. point. And so representation is so important for that to tackle anti-fat bias, to show the audience right? The American audience, I can't speak to the Canadian audience, but the American audience, you know, is mostly women. 60% of women in the United States are over a size 16. Mm. So it's showing American women that, you know, they are not valuable. They are not lovable. We are here to say that fat people exist, that Mm. people are beautiful, and we deserve the social capital. We deserve our stories being told and we deserve being represented in all spaces. And reality TV is is one of the most accessible things. So although even in our community of the Roses for Everybody, we have talked about, you know, do we leave the show? You know, some of us, right? We each have individual feelings. It feels really icky right now. And 
we're we're staying in this fight. We believe in this and we we know how important it is. You know, we can say, oh, The Bachelor, you know, it's trash TV, but no, it is a reflection of our society. So we feel that it's really important that we keep pushing, keep fighting for this, even though we didn't get it this time. And we can talk yeah. more about that in the casting of Kat, of Zach's season in a second. <laughs> so that's the thing that really, yeah. I think people forget when it comes to a season of The Bachelor and they go through the process of selecting these women, it is a group of people that have no skin in the game who decide what's attractive and what they think will do well on television, whether it's drama or anything. So they have full power. Like the bachelors and the bachelorettes are not responsible for choosing these people. They're responsible for carrying the relationships on and making choices throughout them, which is maybe that partial blame for why nobody's ever made it past, you know, a minute of screen time on that, on the, the first night or never really getting opportunity. However, you can't create like you can't decide what anybody's going to find attractive. You also can't decide who's going to find connections with anybody. And let's be real, like women of all different facets and body sizes and colors and everything are getting it all over the place, all over the world. They are very sought after. They are very adored. And it feels very Victoria's Secret. Well, that's not the fantasy that we're selling. Mm -hmm. quote unquote, type of feeling. Somebody's decided what the fantasy is. And when you don't fit the fantasy that they're trying to sell, then it no longer works. But honestly, the ratings are going down. I think the ratings are going down for a number of reasons. I think one of them is that it's kind of boring. We've now created a, a mold so superficially one way that it is really not exciting. Like I, I want to see difference. I want to see, I want to be reinvigorated. I want to have somebody that I'm like rooting for again. And I want to see, like, we've seen it before, even with age, like the ageism in the show is so wild. The guys can be whatever age. And the girls are like, if they're over 25, they're like, I'm just, I'm getting up there and I'm really looking to find love. Like, are you joking right now? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so many layers of this, but I haven't actually seen Zach's season be announced. What have you seen so far? And first thoughts? I mean, our first thought as a collective was just disappointment. We were just so disappointed to see that all of the work that we've been doing for the past, you know, months have like, there's just not even one person in a larger body, not even one, and you know, and not even ju just in terms of body diversity, we didn't see any of that. And it even felt like they took some steps back in terms of racial diversity as well. Um, I would have said that from that night one, that little, what did they do? Five to one? It was like, we're sorry, four to one it was like four people that looked identical to each other. Mm -hmm. And then one black woman. I yeah. just was like, this was I find it too, they do this a lot with like Asian representation or any, or even South Asian. We see it a lot where they're just like immediately not given storylines, kind of pushed aside. Like it's so much worse than I think a lot of us want to face because you get so caught up in the story or you just assume that there was no connection, but there's also no airtime. Like it is, it is very, very different. Yeah. But I'm getting chills just hearing you talk about it because it saddens me so deeply. Yeah, we're not seeing that we aren't seeing the diversity, and yeah. they're catering so much to the white audience. But I even the white audience, look at the voting. Yeah. Look at the voting. Even the white yeah. audience was like, "No, exactly. We we're ready see for more." Audience is, yes, the audience is trying to tell the franchise that we want 
change. Mm-hmm. We want more racial diversity. We want more interesting stories. We want stories mm-hmm. we've never heard before. We yeah. want to see stories about Asian Americans that, you know, highlight them as sexual beings because yes. that is something that, you know, is is not out there right now. So there's there's just so much call to action. And, and I feel like we've been screaming it from the top of our lungs since July 11th when the campaign started. And, you know, this time it seems like it was on, uh, you know, we weren't heard. Uh, but, you know, when they released, so they released the cast on Friday and they were all very small bodies. It was like, there was not an attempt. I don't want to, we, we don't want to judge any bodies, but it, mm. it seems like there wasn't even an attempt to do yeah. better in this regard. And we've been so clear with our demands and we have more than just casting larger bodies or fat bodies, but that, that that was the first almost communication from the franchise to us. And it just felt like, you know, they're not receiving what what we're offering because we have a lot of good educational resources um, and different things to, to help them. We Mm want to help them. And like what Jenny mentioned too, is that Casting is just one part of this larger picture, right? It's really important to have the representation behind the scenes as well. I mean, even just looking at how they edited Zach's conversation about his weight loss, it just, it really made it seem like, because these words didn't come out of Zach's mouth, but the way it was edited made it seem like he felt unlovable. He felt unworthy because he was in a bigger body. When there were also some words that he talked about was just being depressed and not being in a good mental space. And once he got into therapy, that you know, trans like helped him a lot, but the way that the conversation was portrayed, it made it equate the weight loss to him getting better, which was just really frustrating to see. And even again, during the live show, Zach kind of made a comment about, yeah, you know, I've, I've been hitting the gym, getting ready to be the bachelor. And it, it's just so, it breaks my heart to see this. Cause I'm like, Zach, you're worthy. You're a wonderful guy. It seems from what we've seen on television and, you know, you don't need to get into peak condition yeah. uh, to, when I say that with you know, parenthesis or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. around yeah. it. <laughs> you don't have to get into this, you know, what you think is this ideal body in order to be the lead of this show. You can come as you are. And a lot of those things, I feel like also just ingrained in us as a society and we have to do all that work to unpack it. So I really try, I give Zach a lot of grace, but also doesn't help that the show behind the scenes leans into that narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they've done it more than that, too. The The one part of this season that I got really, really upset about, the Bachelorette season, mm-hmm. was a moment where I think it was Rachel. I don't want to quote anything. And maybe the producers fed her this line was like, how do we get the guys in their underwear? How do we get them shirtless? As if that was going to be part of how they made decisions on who was going to stay. And so I do think that there is some onus on the contestants to make sure that they're not perpetuating this. Now, I also don't, I think that I have this conversation a lot. I think when people say things like that, that's the lowest hanging fruit, but it's maybe the ones that people are picking at. So I don't Mm want to sit here and be like, the bachelorettes got it wrong. They're perpetuating. No, they're recycling what they've known their whole lives. They're recycling exactly what they've been told, what has been shown to them as attractive. And Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, it took me a long time to realize for myself, like I'm actually not attracted to hard bodies. Typically, that wouldn't mean that I would immediately write them off. But if I were standing there as the bachelorette and everyone came out with hard bodies, I'd immediately be like, 
no, this isn't actually what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. And if your personality, if if people are reduced to their personalities being their whole bodies, then how do you expect people to ever have successful relationships from the show when they've put mm-hmm. so much onus on what they look like mm-hmm. that it 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 doesn't allow for much personality? I think that's why a lot yes. of us really fell in love with Rodney from Michelle's season because Rodney. he really didn't lean on any and he was like I know I'm not the most attractive and I was like don't even you were to me I was like had the hots for that guy because he wouldn't stop talking about his air fryer and cooking and all and (laughs) Michelle was just swooning over just what a sweet man this was his personality came through but I think almost because he felt like he didn't have a body to lean on to skate him through these shows right and and it it does it does happen it does bubble up in the episodes and it is difficult to watch it's difficult even as someone like myself who you know hears someone like Zach's story and it's so relatable because I've been there and I've been somebody who went through a weight loss journey and then I'm yeah. also just like and it, you also have to admit that that didn't solve all your problems. Like you still struggle. Mm-hmm. You still had to go to therapy. You still, for me, I was actually unhealthy after losing weight. I was actually healthier at a larger size. I just wish that, you know, even for me, like on social media today, I somebody was fear or health mongering at me and saying like, it's now cool to be unhealthy. It's now cool to look this and and there's just so many layers. And what that's when I say, like, there's the low-hanging fruit and we're still swinging at the tree a little bit here, right? Because the perception is anybody who's in a larger body is somehow promoting lack of health, which is layered because people who are in larger bodies aren't getting health care, which is contributing to, you know, difficult health. It's also just saying that unless you're healthy, quote unquote, you're not valuable in this world. And there's people with chronic illnesses hearing that. And it, it just, it just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And it's, I, I replied to somebody today, like I said, I'm feeling spicy. And I replied to somebody today and I said, it must be such an inconvenient truth for you that at my thinnest, I was the least healthy, like medically and mentally the Mm -hmm. least healthy I've ever been. I started a relationship at that point. I went into something when I was at my thinnest, mentally and physically at my unhealthiest. And it has taken me so much work and through my partner to come to a place of finding good balance with those things and having to journey through that together. Being at, even while straight size, a size 12, I am in a healthier relationship. I am now in a healthier mental mental state, in a healthier body. And that's such an inconvenient truth for so many people to Mm -hmm. hear that like even beyond the the fear-mongering around health and all of these things that will surely come up for the first person who now steps into that when they allow one person and you know it's only going to be one person, they're going to be like, well, now they're going for unhealthy representation on the show and everyone has to be ready to have these difficult conversations. I think your campaign right now is so important because it's readying us for the moment that we are going to have to rally around that one person that we know they're going to they're going to choose in order to hopefully, let's be real, shut you up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be there for them. We're going to be there for them. Reach out to us. If you're a cast, if you're feeling insecure, reach out to us. We're happy to talk to anybody. But I so relate to you, Sarah, with I'm at my largest size I've ever been. I've had my own weight loss journeys multiple times in my yeah, life. Yeah, who hasn't? And right. And 
And now I am at my healthiest Mm. mentally. I'm liberated. I'm fat and I'm liberated. And it is such a wonderful thing. And like you said, it's just an inconvenient truth for people that just don't understand. And so that's why we were disappointed when they chose Zach, where his, you know, his storyline centered around this weight loss. And we knew because of that, we would be getting a season where there could be some conversations that centered this again. And we'd have to hear only representation on the show about fatness, about Mm -hmm. being something you have to overcome. And that just is harmful. It's dangerous to the audience. It is, you know, fat phobia and anti-fat bias is literally killing people. And so this is so much more than just insecurity. Um, That's definitely a part of it, like building people's confidence and letting them see themselves on TV and feeling hot and beautiful, sort of the Lizzo effect that, oh gosh, Lizzo, she did that for me. Sorry, I needed to pay tribute to her. But it's also about really, really important issues like healthcare discrimination, like housing discrimination, employment discrimination. These are really big topics. And I just also wanted to hit on the point that you were saying about just leads being attracted to different sized bodies. So that's one of our demands. Cast better leads. Cast leads that aren't bigots, that can, you know, handle talking to fat people. They don't have to find love with them and they don't have to be the ultimate ring winner, but they deserve, they deserve being there. You know, I'm sure 70% of the cast that they cast are for personalities, for villains, for drama, you know, fat people. I want a fat villain. I want, you know, a princess fat Corinne, you know, like I want all of these things. And also listen to the leads that you cast because we've had leads in the past, like Katie Thurston, for example, who said like, I like men in bigger bodies. Like she specifically told production that and they completely ignored her desires. And I feel like that's indicative of a larger problem within the show. I feel like the show has really shifted from actually trying to help their leads find love and now it's just make good TV, whatever that, whatever will drum up the lar- the most drama. And they're embarrassing people on this show more intentionally than before. And I think that's also another reason why they're having more people who are more hesitant to come on the show. Cause they're like, why would I come on the show if you're going to treat me like trash? And why would I even become the lead? Cause at least in the past, the, they would protect the lead. The leads are also getting embarrassed on the show as well to an alarming degree. So you can't like, yes, you definitely have to make sure you have leads who are who are open to all different types of people, but also behind the scenes, they need to listen to what uh, the leads, des- like what they're telling them, what they what they desire and cast appropriately. I have never been more jealous of my American listeners as I am right now because I've gone down a rabbit hole of Claire Paint and how gorgeous it is. I can't even tell you how innovative this is. Not only the innovative, Claire Paint is an e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, peel and stick paint swatches, which is so genius, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. Peel and stick paint swatches. Are you freaking kidding me? They have swatch collections that you can go with and they have some of the most beautiful colors I've ever seen. In our home, we painted one wall the wrong color white twice before we got it right on the third time. I only got it right because I finally asked an interior designer 
what white I needed on my wall. It is not as simple as it seems. And there are so many options out there. It gets completely overwhelming. And then I don't know if you're like me, but when I'm overwhelmed, I don't do anything. Claire is also a black owned business with its founder, interior designer, Nicole Gibbons. Nicole saw what a lot of us did. Traditional paint shopping is outdated and it's full of hassle. So she created a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, more convenient, and more inspiring. Claire offers ultra premium paint that's healthier for your home and the environment. Their paint formulations are zero VOC, Green Guard Gold certified for better indoor air quality and meets the most stringent chemical emission standards. Claire is also formulated without any toxic air contaminants, hazardous air pollutants, EPA chemicals of concern, so it's paint you can feel good about using in your home. And with that, combined with those peel-and-stick paint swatches, they also offer expert guidance, tons of educational content to help you tackle your paint project like a pro, and offers a blog full of inspiring home ideas, tips, and tutorials to help you create a home you love. And hopefully with only one paint selection, not three like I did in order to get it right. This is truly paint you can feel good about. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash papaya. That's C-L-A-R-E dot com slash papaya to get started. You're going to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's claire.com slash papaya for $5 off. Oh, I'm so jealous. I hope you all send pictures of your beautiful decorated spaces. I can't wait to see. Let's get back to the show. Well, hello, I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. Yeah. And like you said earlier, making sure that even the show's producers and support staff is also very understanding of these issues. When I think about Rachel, that's the one thing that I feel, not one thing, there's a lot of things, but the (laughs) one thing that I think would have really made a difference is somebody who understood racial bias, that somebody who understood that she was the first Black Bachelorette, that understood that this was a very layered thing and that she needed more support and more conversations about this on the side with some somebody who maybe got it. And then again, we saw that repeated with Matt, where it was like, you're the first black bachelor. How are you going to be the perfect black man? And that I think set him up for, obviously it it all unfolded in a very big way too. And I commend him for the fact that he really took that on. But again, he, he said this line to Rachel during his interview with Emmanuel uh, Ancho at the end, where he was like, I can't I can't be there for you. And while you're learning, I know what it's like. I'm probably butchering a quote, but I know what it's like to be a black man in America. And that is like such an important thing. Had these, had the cast been brought into a situation where one, they were vetted for their past. They had opportunity to talk about it. Even let's be real, them not talking about Eric's blackface was highly problematic because this was a great opportunity for Eric to sort of come forward and be like, 
Yeah, this was, he should have shared that that happened before it was ever found out. Everyone should assume that their past should be found out. And you know what? I grew up in a high school where I remember people doing blackface and it maybe wasn't a conversation at the time. It's a conversation now. He should have been the one to bring it up and he should have brought it up on the show. Jesse should have brought it up on the show. I don't know if he was told not to. Again, he's new in the job. The women on the sidelines, Michelle, Becca, and Caitlin all came forward to say how disappointed they were because they were led to believe this was going to be part of the conversation. It's just, it's a disappointing factor that the support of the conversations, like, yes, and and everyone in the background on Twitter especially is like, oh, stop making it a thing. It's because you're making it a thing that racism is alive, that fat phobia is alive. It's like, please, if you just face things head on, have the conversation, apologize, talk about change, talk about moving forward, have somebody who's on of a bigger side and have those conversations about how you've been left out of, you know, finding love. You've been, you've applied for the bachelor for 20 years and you've never made it on because of your size. Have those conversations openly and honestly, because I think that's where we, we're all at. We're in such a season of change and a season of Mm -hmm. conversation and accountability. Everyone wants to call it cancel culture. It's not, it's accountability and it's change. And that's an exciting thing to evolve as society is so exciting. And I remember I was about, uh, I want to say like 28 or 29 when I Googled, has there ever, and I was still in a larger body. Has there ever been, you know, anybody plus size on the, the bachelor? And I found both Stanley and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this woman is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I followed her ever since on Instagram. And now whenever I see her, I'm like, that's what we <laughs> like. She's, the most, she's so beautiful. But I was like, what? Well, that was so mind blowing. That's and she's like a professional surfer who is like slightly more like even athletic, I would say, not even like I don't know. I don't want to label her body at all. She's not the problem at all, but she didn't even make it through the first night. And mm-hmm. I just have always thought about is Bo Stanley like the, it was that the end? Like, is that all we ever got? So me as somebody who was in a larger body was seeking that 10 years ago. I was so ready for it 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I never got it. So what did somebody like me do? I lost weight to try and fit the mold. You can't tell me that watching 20 years of The Bachelor hasn't put that in my brain a little bit that I'm not valuable to this society unless I lose the weight. And then you do lose the weight. And then you see people treat you differently, welcome you into more opportunities. And the resentment and the sadness that comes with it because you have always been the same person inside. You are always who you truly are. And then to find love and gain weight and feel respected and adored and have that kind of love story. Sorry, but like, I think that's what we all want to see. It's not about two people finding love anymore. It's two people finding each other in a way that is so unconditional and so welcoming to change and so beautiful. Like we watch now people as they have their children in change sizes, but like at the time that they meet, they have to fit this one mold. And it's just been really I think a a long time coming and I'm so grateful for your collective of doing this. Now, I know this is hard because you're coming into a new season where your demands were not met. Talk to me about what's next, because I want to make sure that there is longevity to this and that there is a continuing conversation while it's maybe timely right now, as we all react to the new cast 
and react to another season of disappointment. But what are next steps for you all? What are your hopes, demands? How can people sort of rally behind you a little bit more and, you know, start to, and people of all shapes and sizes come to be a part of dismantling the system that's there and building a so much cooler one. Like, I'm not even gonna say a more beautiful one, just like so much more badass and awesome and entertaining and amazing. Like, let's be real. And profitable. For profitable. Franchise. No, great question. You know, we all got together. It was a really hard day when we found out that, you know, this, this initial push was not successful. But, you know, after taking a beat, which was really important for us to do, you know, we're spicy like you now, you know, we're, we are, we're mad and there's so much energy in being angry. <laughs> yeah. And so we're not, we're not stopping. We're, we're going to continue. We're going to continue our commentary, continue our education. Our Instagram page is a great resource for education on fatness and media and representation. And the fact that, you know, anti-fatness is rooted in anti-blackness. So it's all connected. And uh, you know, we're, we're asking for people to continue to engage with us. You know, it was so cool when I first checked out the Bachelor's Facebook page when they presented the new cast. I went there, you know, as Jenny to say, you know, what the hell? Like, you know, just, you know, <laughs> super, super pissed. And there were already people there saying no body diversity and so you know this is working and so we just have to keep going our community will grow our voice will get louder and um, and we're not going to stop until you know until we see progress i think this has really invigorated us and and really added more fuel to the flame and has just increased our passion for this project i mean we are not taking our foot off of ABC's neck, all right? Like, we are going to make sure that they hear us. And the most important thing is we really just want to get more eyes on the campaign. We want to get more people signing the petition. We want to get so loud that ABC can't not hear us or even make an excuse to say, oh, we didn't know this was happening. It's like, oh, no, you knew it was happening. Yeah. We know they know. Yeah. And the more that I think, especially anybody in a straight size body or even, a, you know, a thin identifying would, this is a great time to maybe be aware. I understand that when you are thin, it's maybe not something that you would notice. It's not something you would pick up on. You wouldn't watch the show and feel like, oh, I'm not represented here. There's a lot of people who are feeling that, like you said, more than 60% of the American population is feeling that. So this is a great time to sort of be that person, like be that friend, like don't wait for, don't wait for those in larger bodies to get loud about it, get loud with them. And I think that's one thing I've really been proud to see is how many people from Bachelor Nation is really backing you all is really becoming like, no, we want to see it too. And I'm, I'm so glad because obviously I've become friends with some of them and even having like intimate conversations with some of them and just how much they care about seeing change because they do care about the show. They they love it. They love to be entertained by it. And they also see where it's failing. And on two fronts, it's failing as an it's fair, it's failing as a platform, as an industry, as a show, and it's failing us. So if this change can happen, hopefully it can save the show and it can change a lot of people's conversations and minds and bring beautiful love stories. And I don't mean in the way of like. My only fear, if I'm being honest, is like if they put forward like 
let's say they put forward a a plus size bachelor that they would assume only plus size women for them or that and vice versa. If they have, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want it to be like fat people can only ever be with fat people. I really want to see, like you said, that everybody like Mm -hmm. bring them in. Uh, Has there ever, besides Abby, who is deaf, has there ever been anybody with a disability on the show? Um, there has been people with, uh, invisible disabilities, but that's something that I can't really speak to. Yeah, Um, fair enough. But I mean, it it is another part of like Mm -hmm. this as, as, you know, axing away the tree and growing a much better one. There's, and you said it when you said, that was one of the first things I ever learned when I went into learning about anti-racism was how fat phobia was so rooted in anti-blackness. And Mm -hmm. I didn't get it at the time. Like I didn't understand it and I didn't see it until it was sort of unfolded in front of me and to see how inherently it's all connected. And so we are in a society that is still really struggling with people who are in just, just not even like like just slightly outside the mold. Like the bachelor is like at the peak of what a mold should be. And then anybody that's like slightly outside of that is just not on the show. And so I think it's such a baby steps thing. I really hope that everyone listening finds a way to get involved with your Instagram, sharing this stuff, even just allowing yourself to be educated so you have conversations with your friends. I think that's the one Mm -hmm. thing that in still watching this show has allowed me to do is have these conversations like, yeah, I really enjoyed this about it. And you know what I didn't enjoy? I didn't enjoy this part. I didn't enjoy when they said that having conversations with your friends that maybe wouldn't have identified some of the fat phobic moments throughout the show, maybe wouldn't have identified that within the 40, there is no body diversity. I think this is a great, this is a great way to start educating yourself, having the conversations, even within your friend groups. Because if you start having them intimately amongst each other, then they start having them intimately amongst other people. And slowly this ripple effect happens. I understand that for a lot of people, there is still a lot of conditioning going on. And sometimes the show really, it allows them to hold on to that a little bit or hold on to that safety of like what thinness maybe represents. And so I think it's a really, this is a really great time to sort of unpack that and start looking through those feelings and why we have them and, and looking at, you know, franchises like The Bachelor and, and starting to take a magnifying glass to it a little bit and have some of these tough conversations. So and that's, I appreciate Oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, that's probably been one of the most fulfilling aspects of the show is the community that yeah. we've created. And even just, you know, within my friend group, I've been able to have some really beautiful conversations and learn so much more about my friends. And they learn more about me through this show. I have a friend who wears hearing aids. And when Abigail was on the show, I mean, she was like, so excited. She was like, never would I have ever thought that there would be someone Mm -hmm. who wears hearing aids on this show. And for me to see Mm -hmm. that, I feel so seen and so validated, which was just so beautiful to hear from her. And then even me talking about my experience, just talking about how important for Michelle's season that she had for the first time ever for Black men in her final four. I mean, that was historic. And just like to talk about the importance of that and the fact that, you know, for a long, for a long time, it wasn't even one, uh, person of Mm -hmm. color in the final four. So that's one thing that I I am thankful for is the community that the show has created. And the fact that that we are all not afraid to be critical of it and that Mm -hmm. we just want it to do better because we want society as a whole to do better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 So well said. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, to see even people 
who are directly benefiting from the show, being willing to put their jobs on the line because they are like, no, we want to see this change, I think has been in the last week, if I'm going to say one thing, it made me really proud that those three women on the sides all said something like they all came forward and said something and they are all financially and career benefiting from this franchise. And they were willing to say something about it and not without a lot of pushback. So I think that that was that's a a really, really powerful thing to see. And that's a a lot of what allyship looks like. Right. And, And I think that that was really cool. But I also just have to thank you because this has been brought up a lot over the years. How can you watch the show? How can you, Mm -hmm. how can you support it? How can you this? Thank you for having a page that we can turn people to, to be like, you know what? I do enjoy the show. And I also see it's problematic ways. And I'm hoping to be a part of the change. Hopefully you can join me. Roses for everybody is on Instagram. They have this campaign. We're sticking it out, hoping for this change. And I think it's, I think it's okay to do that. Like, like I said, my mom always said, if you leave, you're not part of the change. Right. And so I think there's a lot of us just holding so much hope for that. And I think eventually if it doesn't happen, I think the show will die to be honest. I think it will die if change doesn't happen, but Mm -hmm. if, if it does continue, I think a lot of us will probably be ready. There was one, one of my favorite bachelor tweeters. Do you know him, Brett? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Halfway through this last season, he's like, guys, I can't, I'm, I can't do it anymore. I think I'm just done. I know. And it was like in the middle of an episode. And I was like, I only watch the show to run, to love your tweets. Like, what are you doing? But I was like, wow, there's a lot of tapping out happening. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, tired folks that have been so committed to this. So I'm not saying that everyone in roses for everybody has to be with it forever. I don't even know if I'm going to survive the next season or if I'll watch it, (laughs) but I'm holding hope. I hope that we can, it, it stirs up a lot of these really cool conversations like we're having today. So thank you both so, so much. I hope everyone listening takes a second and goes and checks out your Instagram roses for everybody. Thank you both. Any other final notes of things that we can do to sort of support you in this moment? I guess I would say just get buzzy. Keep talking about it. Tag your favorite creators, tag your favorite bachelor alum. You know, we've seen some people engage with us and support us. And because 100% of the cast is thin or straight sized, it's been sort of difficult to get people on board and talking about us, not just sharing a post. So tag your favorites and let's keep the conversation going. Thank you so much. Thank you both. And uh, for everyone listening, I'm going to have everything for you in the show notes. And we will, of course, see you next week. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.